I was hoping we wouldn't have to do this one, Jamie. Yeah. It's a shame. All right, lads. Welcome back to the Off The Line podcast, where it's a sad day. It's a sad day for me uh, and Jamie. I mean, Frank Lampard was a West Ham legend too, as we all know. Uh, but for me personally, it's a difficult one. Um, we're we're going to be doing a, a, a shorter episode today, just talking about talking about the big news. Uh, Chelsea Football Club have today parted ways with Frank Lampard. Um, it looks like Thomas Tuchel is going to be the man to come in to replace him. Hmm. Um, and I think today we're just going to have a chat about what we think about it, what what we want to, what we think Chelsea are going to do moving forward, how we think Tuchel is going to affect the club as a whole, and just have a general natter about what is you know a massive, massive story. And it's definitely one that's divided the fan base of Chelsea and and. Um, I think divided pundits and a lot of people alike on whether this was the right time for Lampard to go, whether he should have been sacked, whether he should have been given to the end of the season, whether he should have even had the job in the first place. Um, I think, first of all, as a Chelsea fan, um, I want to say that this, 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 whatever, whatever people say about him as a manager, it's never gonna, never gonna tarnish what what we experienced as fans watching him as a player. Um, mm. He was a he was a magnificent player, and to be honest, he's he's given me a good few memories as a manager as well. But I'm going to let everyone know now that personally, I think it was the right thing to do. You know, a lot of people are talking about uh, projects at the moment, and a lot of people are mentioning the word project and are saying that hiring Frank Lampard for this was a project, and it was a it was a it was the club investing in a young manager for the next ten years. But um, I don't know if you saw Jamie, but Pep Guardiola came out today after Lampard had been sacked and I said there is that. no such thing. There is no such thing as projects in football. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, things aren't quite that romantic. If you no. start to underperform, a club is not going to keep you on for the sake of a project. Mm. I mean, the, the closest thing to a project we've had in the last ten years in football is is Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool, and realistically. Liverpool haven't hadn't won the league for thirty years, so for him to have underperformed, they would have had to have finished ninth, tenth. Kind of, he had a little bit more leeway than Frank Lampard had, having finished top four last season and spent two hundred and fifty million pounds over the summer. I don't know how you feel about it, but I I think Lampard conflicting. I'm I, I tweeted out earlier about sort of me questioning the the decision-making that goes on up in the hierarchy at Chelsea, because we know that Chelsea have always been the sort of club to chop and change if things aren't going right. Um, you know, I think it is frustrating it for, for a lot of Chelsea fans who, who want to see Lampard do well, obviously. Uh, but, you know, when you come to a club like Chelsea, you know, you say in football, it's a results business for managers. At Chelsea, it's even more than that. You know, it's mm. it's a cup business. It's a title-winning business. It's trophies. It's, it's trophies. It's silverware. Because it's, it's in the DNA of the club now since Abramovich yeah. took over. You know, he's had success before in in changing managers and then those managers going to, to mm. you know, winning the Premier League like Conte did a few seasons ago. And I think when you back the manager with that much money during the summer, I think it almost was the start of Lampard's downfall. The amount of pressure that is on a young manager as well. I think inexperience does come into sort of a lot of Lampard's decision making, especially yeah. with, with some of his team selections. I know that 
you yourself have been, you know, very critical of Lampard and his team selections a lot of times yeah. over the past I think, I think and a half. The, the issue is with Lampard is that he is... Um, I think he's been given this massive squad this year. He's added he's added a lot of talent into his team. Mm. And I think it's left him with a bit of a headache over actually what his best side is. And yeah. norm, to, to a manager that would be at the very top of the game, they'd have that figured out within three or four weeks. They'd have their best side figured out. Yeah. We are heading into game week 20, 21 in the season. And Frank Lampard still hasn't got a grasp over what his best team is, what who best plays best is. where. The best thing Frank Lampard has done for Chelsea, and I'm I'm not going to say he's done a bad job because he has bled some of the most promising youngsters in the Premier League at the moment. Yeah. Mason Mount is a future Chelsea captain and arguably under a different manager would not have got the opportunity to play as many games as he did and to, to, to see as many minutes as he had. Yeah. And obviously Frank Lampard left him with the, with the captaincy yeah. um, yesterday, which is, you know, fantastic and people can get romantic about it and say that it's it's him passing over the mantle i don't buy into that myself but you know it's um it's definitely symbolic in a way tammy abraham hudson adoy bringing these players through but overall i mean chelsea have consistently proven this season that they are not ready to stand up to the big boys um you know we've been comfortably beaten by arsenal and city we've got points we've got one point against Tottenham United, we were beaten by Liverpool. It took us until playing West Ham in December to beat a top half side. And even um, then it wasn't like yeah, well, I, even I then don't it wasn't convincing. too much about that. It wasn't it three nil it was wasn't very convincing. flattering to, to the yeah. scoreline there. Um and I mean Frank Lampard has the least has the worst points per game of any Chelsea manager in the Abramovich era. Yeah. Even less than VS Boas, who was let go six months into his job. Mm. And this is the other thing about Lampard. You you question whether um, whether if if this is someone else, do they even get till this point? That's it. You know, it's it's, it's really frustrating because you know the old adage is don't meet your heroes, uh, mm. and I think when when you bring a, a club legend in to to manage your club, you want them to do well so badly, and you know mm. that that they they have the backing of the entire fan base. When Lampard came in, he had the backing of the mm. entire. Chelsea immediately fans, without a doubt uh, and I think it, it's 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 a real shame to see some Chelsea fans turn on him um and some of the stuff I've been seeing on Twitter is mm. uh it, it yeah I mean it hurts hurts me to see you know people turning on a club legend like like Frank Lampard like one of if not one of your best ever players I think that's no he's our best ever he's, 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 he's probably football he's our best ever player and that's the thing players. is you can't you can't trust people on Twitter, this is no. the thing. I mean, I, I don't want to get into Twitter because the, the, I mean, the stuff I'm seeing today is just atrocious. I mean, there's there's people slagging off other fans for thinking things. There's people say I, I don't want to get into that because we, we know the state of football Twitter and the way that people act on there. It's completely pointless. Yeah. But um, the, the the way I've been seeing it is, you know, if you're at Chelsea Football Club, and I've said this a few times to a few different people over the course of today I've been talking to people because obviously it's been a been a bit of a fast news day for me <laughs> I've got a load of mates who are Chelsea fans and we've kind of all just been chaotically communicating with each other <laughs> trying to understand what's happening yeah. what's going on who's coming in um, but the, like you said earlier the ethos of the club dictates that we should be winning trophies at least once every other season yeah um, 
in 20 years under Abramovich, or in, in, in 20 years since the turn of the century, we've done 18 trophies. You know, we'd won, we, we'd won six trophies in seven years before Abramovich had turned up. We've won 20, 18 trophies in 20 years. And people can sit on Twitter and talk about a project. People can sit on Twitter and talk about bleeding the youth, but you cannot argue with success. And yeah. Chelsea have consistently... You know, there's there's this revolving door of managers, but ultimately, if Roman Abramovich is happy to turn around and say to these managers, "Look, I will pay you whatever you want, but you have to win. You have to win trophies. You have to succeed." And at the moment, I can't see that that's going to happen. I'm going to replace you with someone else because he has this need to win silverware. And I, I'm not be fun. I'm not going to sit here and complain. I'm not going to sit here and say I'd rather see Frank Lampard sit there and bleed youngsters for five years, and we might win a couple of cup competitions. Mm. Or Abramovich brings someone else in, cuts the head off Frank Lampard, brings someone else in, and we we go for the league, we go for the big trophies because I yeah. think that is that is the positive that's the positive spin on this is that as much as I liked what Frank Lampard was doing and as much as I liked how positive he was with the young players, I just didn't see us winning the league with him. No, I, I didn't I, see us winning thing, in Europe. The thing that I that that I think about Frank Lampard is that he's sort of. The past two years has sort of been a bit of a whirlwind for him. I think you 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 you've spent year and a half at Derby, two years, and um and he's done relatively well there. You know, he, to be thrust into a job like Chelsea, you know, yeah. there's no chance he's getting that if he's any other manager in the league. It's because he's Frank Lampard. Let's face things. Mm. Um, and then you know, first year transfer ban. Bleeding the youth, top four finish, absolutely fantastic. Can't take that yes. away from him at all. Uh, you know, losing Eden Hazard uh, even before you start is is just a mental thing for for Frank to go through. And I think he did really well in that first season. Definitely, I almost think that the the financial backing that he got in the summer was a bit of a poison yeah. chalice for him. Because I think, yeah, you have to with two hundred fifty million and the players, the caliber of players that he's signing you have to get the best out of them one and you have to be up in the top three at least for the entire season there's absolutely no excuse for being in nearly february and being three points below mm. west ham in ninth place it's not good enough see that's that is no i i understand what you're saying and i i, I appreciate that i think to, to it's not good enough but i mean it's not quite I, I wouldn't blame frank lampard's fault for the fact that Vern has arrived and is misfiring mm. or no, the fact that Kai Havertz has arrived and he's not adapted to the English game. I couldn't, at this point, I only in the last month have been able to fault the performances of Thiago Silva and Ben Chilwell and Ed Mendy, who've probably suffered from, you know, a packed Christmas schedule, probably suffering from a bit of fatigue. You know, you, but of course, Frank Lampard has suffered with doubters because he spent 130 million on Werner and Havertz. Mm. And they're, they're not turning up. And the, the, naturally, questions about that are going to go to the manager. I, I, I wouldn't blame Frank Lampard for that because I don't think he has much control over Timo Werner's confidence. You know, it, it's not as if he's had he's been short of opportunities to to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, so I, I, but I think it's more, like you were saying, this weight of expectation that spending that much money brings on a manager. Yeah. That it... it, it Paul Merson said it today. He said that Chelsea Football Club, some people see this as Chelsea it kind of expecting to sign this brilliant 21-year-old German wonder kid who was going to kind of come in and Simply. win us the Premier League. Yeah. And that's that's just not gonna it's just not the way football works. No. Um 
Now, look, we, we, Frank Lampard, I think, is a decision that had to be made by the club within this time period between you know Christmas and, and the end of January because at the end of January, you know, people are saying give him a couple more weeks, give him a few more weeks. If you leave this until the end of January starts creeping into February, close to March, mm. all you're going to do is get an interim in before the end of the season, yeah. and then you're going to limit your amount of options in the summer. So. This decision had to be made now, if it's yeah. going to be made. Or he had to be given until the end of the year, realistically. Or we were going to give someone like Gus Hiddink or Avram Grant the interim position, and it was going to be a mess. Yeah. So it, I think this decision had to be made now, and it had to be kept emotionless and had to be kept kind of clinical, which, is, which plays into Roman Abramovich's way of sacking managers. Mm. I will say, though, as a Chelsea fan of... 20 years, I have never known Roman Abramovich to make a personal statement apologising to a manager for sacking him. Yeah, That is something that has never happened for a manager. And that is a credit to what Frank Lampard has done to this club as a player and as a person, the effect he's had on the fans and the yeah. the, the, the upper hierarchy. And it's fantastic. And I, I'll always I'll always hold him as, in regard of being our best ever player. But I do think this job just came that one, two seasons too early for him. And, um, I think five or six seasons. I think he should have. Yeah. I think he should have stayed at Derby, tried to get them into the Premier League, see what you can do with them for a year or two in the Prem, and then that's when you make that mm. move up. If if you if you prove you're sort of yeah, I was going to say look now You look at level. someone like Eddie Howe. He could have been like an Eddie Howe figure, yeah. come up with Bournemouth and and come into the Premier League and really, really you know impress people. Mm. And it did. It just came a little bit too early for Frank Lampard, and I think it really was. In at the deep end. And do I think that he's done a bad job? No, but I don't think he's quite there as a manager in terms of understanding the game the way that he needs to. With that said, we move on yeah. to our very, very risky replacement. I'd um, say it's risky. It looks like it looks like mm. replacement. It's not hundred percent confirmed yet, no. but a lot of the a lot of the papers and a lot of um a lot of the news outlets are saying that Thomas Tuchel is coming in to um to replace Frank Lampard, from what I've read about him, he is a gay and pressing, high energy football German, uh, much following in the footsteps of uh, Jurgen Klopp and that footballing mentality of uh, kind of blitzkrieg, fast paced, counter attacking football, mm. not letting the other team breathe. Which, if that's the case, I'm really excited to watch it because who doesn't like their team playing football like that, you know? And um, it remains to be seen. Uh, have you heard anything about Thomas Tuchel? I mean, I don't know if you I have any opinions. Hear on him. He is quite a polarizing figure within the club, yeah. which, which is why I think this move is quite high risk. As far as mm. f- from what I've seen on on the internet and, and news sources, I feel like he falls out with owners quite quickly, and he can. And if you're not in his plans, you're not in his plans, and you know that mm. that's it for you. Um, I don't know. I think he would demand the best from the players that have come in and, and not performed so far, the likes of Werner and Havertz. I think he'll mm. probably try and shove a rocket up them, and rightly so. You know, they're, they're, paid, they're paid a lot of money to, to play football, and they need to start putting those performances out on the pitch. Um, I think if it goes well, Tuchel can be a really good manager to have around, and his tactics do seem like, you know, he got... He got PSG to the Champions League final, uh, and yeah. and that's something that that can be said. You know, obviously, there's what there's a difference between winning it and coming second, as of we course. all know. But um, 
you know, I think Chelsea winning the title is pretty much out of the question at this point. So I think the uh, for Tuchel will be top six, uh, top four. I think he'll what he'll want potentially. He'll push for top four. I think top six is a good fall off position because yeah. to get to top four, you've got he's got to come in and completely reinvent this team and start overtaking you know places like City. You know he's got to finish above City, Leicester, Liverpool, Arsenal, United. Arsenal resurgent, Southampton even, and you know United, <laughs> Liverpool. Sorry. He's got to finish. He's got to finish within and West Ham. Thank you. <laughs> and West Ham. <laughs> He's got he's got to bump one of Leicester, United, City or Liverpool out of the yeah. top four. Which would be a um, huge, a huge match. It would be a massive turn-up. And I, I just can't see that happening before the end of the season. Do I think that we would benefit from a year out of the Champions League and a year to to restructure? Yes. Do I think that it would affect our summer business um, if we can't we don't have that allure of Champions League football? Mm. That could also be said. Um my my main worry with Thomas Tuchel is that he's he was he I mean his his career so far he 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 started out at Mainz um, in Germany Mainz and he he managed there for a few seasons and he did a really good job from what I've from what I've heard on I was listening to Talk Sport this morning mm. and they had um, they had the Talk Euro football the the, the 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 fellow off there he does the Bundesliga commentary yeah, yeah. Um, and he's they had him on there and he was saying that Thomas Tuchel is he is an abrasive figure. Yeah. He's someone that is almost addicted to football. He's addicted to winning games. Mm. You know, he's he's very committed to the game, but that does make him very abrasive. He's very demanding of his players and the board and everyone around him because he is very dedicated to this idea of winning games and gaining success. Yeah. Um, in a certain way as well. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's fantastic. You know, you you can't it, it very much in the same mold as Jose Mourinho as someone who's so yeah, desperate to succeed, he can be abrasive to other people and can come across as arrogant. I don't know if arrogance is something that that Tuchel struggles with. I think he struggles to get along with the way that hierarchies and boards are run at football clubs, which is which is something that I understand. He obviously was very public about his disagreement with the way that PSG sold players over the summer and bought players. I think he was very public with that prior to being sacked this season. He he yeah. felt that the um, he felt that the PSG squad he was given this year was weaker than the PSG squad he was left with at the end of last season, which he took to the Champions League final. But he he took Mainz to Europe, yeah. um, which was a which which was something that was beyond what the club expected of him. He went to Dortmund and had very good years at Dortmund. He won their last major trophy, um, winning the German Cup with Dortmund. Now it's that it's still their last major trophy, yeah. and obviously he's gone to PSG and won the league a couple of times. He's won the French Cup. He's won. Um, he's, yeah, he's obviously got, got to the final of the Champions League. About him. He has, he's got, he's got the mentality of a winner, and he has got trophies behind him. Yeah. Now, do I think that his abrasive nature could affect him at Chelsea? Definitely, but no more so than Jose Mourinho's affect, abrasive nature, or even someone like Antonio Conte yeah. had an abrasive nature about them. You know, it's whether the club will buy into his. His personality will buy into his necessity to succeed. He plays fast attacking football. He needs hardworking players mm. to achieve that style. It's very much like he's going to build a midfield, very much like Wijnaldum, Henderson and whoever else, Thiago, Keita, Fabinho, Fabinho yeah. at Liverpool. 
because he needs... And uh, Can I see players like Mason Mount, Billy Gilmore, Kai Havertz fitting into that mould? Definitely. He likes goal-scoring midfielders. He likes fast wingers. Um, the player I think will suffer from this change the most is Hakim Ziyech, because I think that with what I've read about Tuchel's style of play is that he likes pacey wingers. Yeah, He likes his wingers to stick to the line, get down the line and act as over, overlapping yeah. forwards, much like Salah and Mane at Liverpool. Mm, and I just don't see Ziyech fitting into... Yeah. I don't see Ziyech fitting into that system because I think he'll go with someone like Hudson-Odoi well, and Pulisic over him. Would see Ziyech sort of trying to play a more central role then possibly? But then you've got to make the decision more... Then you got to make the decision between Ziyech and Havertz or Ziyech and Mount. And yeah, it becomes, it becomes Mount, an issue. For me, Mount has to stay in that squad. He mm. has to stay in that starting 11. Mount's like, first name of the I, team, sure. I would even push to say he should be captain it week in, week out. Mm. From what I see of Mason Mount and his play... You know, even against a team like uh, Luton, like you played against the other day, yeah. he did not stop for one moment in the whole ninety. Uh, for, no, he not for ninety. He was off for, He got subbed off, but he 80, was there. Yeah, I think the eighty-third minute. He runs. Time. Yeah, he, he he knows what it's about to be at Chelsea Football Club, and I think that's something that resonate with a lot of the fans. Uh, and uh, as you said earlier in the season, he's is a bit of a polarizing figure in terms of a lot of fans don't rate him that much. But as far mm. as I can see. He's an absolute gem to that team, and I think if yeah. Tuchel keeps him out for the likes of uh, Jorginho and, and Kovacic. Oh, that'd be then... no, see. That's that's that won't go down well with the fans because I no. can tell you that that, that that polarizing opinion in the last month has been has been dwindling because yeah. he, like you said, it, especially in the last month or so, the performances he's been turning out against teams like I mean, the, the performance against Fulham, yeah. Um, away was just magnificent. It's yeah. it's one of the best individual performances I've seen from a player at Chelsea in a very, very long time, since the days of Eden Hazard winning us games. Mm. Um, and he is, he is Frank Lampard in his nature. You know, he's he's very humble, very close to the club. He, he's, he's very close with the fans. He does a lot with the club to kind of... To, he's done a lot to support fans through through coronavirus. You know, he's, he's, he's definitely in the mould of being a club captain and being someone who has that spirit. Mm. Um, do I think that we should be keeping... If there's three youngsters, we should be keeping in the side four youngsters out of the academy. It's Reese James, Hudson Adoy, Mount, and Gilmore. Because, like you said the other day, I mean, you watched us play Luton the other day, yeah. And uh, Billy Gilmore is also a player that doesn't put a foot wrong, does he? No, he physically cannot. I mean, he should be in the starting lineup from now on. However, players like Tammy Abraham, um could be suffering with with this change of system because it's it's different to what Tuchel plays. He doesn't really play with big target men. He has, I mean, at, at, at Dortmund, he had Paco Alcacer up yeah. front for one season. Mm-hmm. He started playing Torgan Hazard. He started playing Torgan Hazard as a as a kind of centre forward figure. Um, he likes playing false nines, kind of fast yeah. finishes instead of these big brutish centre forwards. So Tammy Abraham and Giroud could suffer. Um, but that, that's I've chosen the, the sort of resurgence of Timo Werner. That's what I'm saying. Is will the thing is, I, I, thrive I, yeah. under a, a tutorial system, and, and that's like what I think is really important. Werner's got to kick on now. You know, it, it's sort of since since the start of the season, since he's come in, it's all it's all mm. been about you know Werner's adapting to the style of the league, and you know it's very different to the Bundesliga. But now he's got someone in who who I think he would resonate with tactically. That's yeah. where you've got to go. Do you know what? I'm going to stick my foot down now and really, really. You know, get so now this. the club have almost now the club have almost adapted to him in a way. They've almost 
especially with with him and Havertz, they brought a manager in who understands the way that they were playing prior yeah. to them arriving at Chelsea. Yeah. And they're trying to implement that. Mm. Now, do I think the club have looked at Liverpool and gone, you know, let's let's stop trying to beat this lot. Let's stop trying to find a system that goes well against. Let's just let's just do that. And there was a story that came out this morning that said that we were going to get Ralph Ranick in as a uh, in as an interim who's considered the godfather of this kind of gag and pressing counter-attacking German style of football. Um, I think the club were definitely going in that direction of trying to achieve that Jurgen Klopp style by signing, you know, signing players like Ziyech, Kavertz, Werner, these pacey, fast, creative players. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know enough about Thomas Tuchel to, to tell you which way this is going to go now. Um, it's the most unsure I've been about a managerial appointment in a long time. Um, see how it goes. <laughs> I think, I think with 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 with, ah, with the case of Lampard, it's it is a tough one to take because obviously you have that emotional connection to to him as a player. He's he's someone that gave me so many memories as as a fan of Chelsea and even just going to games and watching watching him play. Um, you did you strangely kind of felt that connection with him. Mm. Um, as a, uh, you, it's it's a weird thing. If anyone's listening who doesn't really, uh, I doubt there is. But if anyone's listening who doesn't really watch football um, and doesn't understand what I mean when I say uh, you kind of have this, um, this adoration for these people that you're never going to meet, but they, it's 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 like they give you these moments in your life that you never forget. And I think watching Frank Lampard win trophy after trophy after trophy playing for Chelsea and. Um, you, you uh, it was. It, I was willing him. You, you want him with all your heart to succeed, and it, it. You almost don't want to believe that he's he's failed because he never really had that as a player. He was always the best of the best at Chelsea, and it's difficult to see him struggling. Hmm. But at the same time, you have to kind of wake up and smell the coffee a little bit and understand that Chelsea has a necessity to win trophies and win yeah. titles, and if he's think... not going to be. Go on. I, I don't, go on. Go on. Go on. The thing with Lampard is I don't think he came in with like a a lot of managers come in with a with a style and and a, and a way of playing football and I don't think Lampard quite instilled and I don't think he's had the time as a as a senior manager to sort of cultivate an identity as a manager. I think Tuchel has and I think that will mm. sort of resonate with the players because I don't when I when I look at Lampard's tactics, I don't think that's how Lampard wants to play. I don't quite know what how he wants Chelsea to play. I know he wants them to work hard, but with Tuchel, you yeah. know what you're getting. You know you're getting high press, uh, high energy, and and he will not settle for anything less than than 110. percent So uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think I'll leave. I'll, we're we're going to close up because I think we've covered a lot of. Yeah. I think we've covered everything that. We wanted to say I'll leave I'll leave the Chelsea fans who's listening with the with with what's been my main thought throughout all of this and why that I think that it was evident to the, the Chelsea board and the Chelsea owners why Frank Lampard was was not quite correct. We played Leicester um last week and we played a side that is worth exponentially less than ours, um uh, has a smaller ground, a smaller fan base. You know, fans want to talk about big clubs, you know, the, the less trophies. And yet their players played with this hunger yeah. and this organisation and this passion 
um, for the way that their manager had instilled them to play. Yeah. And I, 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 hats off to Brendan Rodgers. He was fantastic. Mm. You know, he is a fantastic manager and he, 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 the things he's doing at Leicester are fantastic. But yeah. in that game, it was evident to me that Chelsea were leagues behind what he'd done at Leicester, what he's in the process of doing at Leicester. Chelsea just are not even close to that level yet. No. Um, and that is, that's the reality of it. Yeah. And if you're if you're managing Chelsea Football Club and you are a year and a half into your tenure and you look that hapless, then at the end of the day, Abramovich is gonna Abramovich is gonna do what Abramovich does, and he's mm. gonna continue to try and cultivate success by reinventing the way that the club plays football and recruits players, and that is unfortunately undeniable because of the amount of success it brings. And I, I, I'm choosing now to, to, to move on from, from what is a tough one for, I think a lot of Chelsea fans to take and to crack on with supporting, you know, the rest of the team and uh, supporting the team throughout the rest of the season and supporting what Tuchel's doing and trying to move on from, from this and find this new appreciation for this new style of football and this new manager. Um, Moving forward. Right, there you are. That's our analysis of the Lampard sacking. We hope you've uh, really enjoyed this episode. I know it's been a tough one for Sam, so I'll just like to give him a virtual virtual pat on the back. Who wants to give us social distance, (laughs) some socially distance reassurance that everything's going to be okay. That'd be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we we hope you've enjoyed and and we'll see you very soon on the next one. And uh, we hope you have a good week. We'll see you later. Absolute pleasure. See you later. Bye.